0: All right, here we go. Hello, and welcome into the Section 109 podcast from Studio Breezy. I have Mix, Bobble Juan, Matthew, and Toby's around here somewhere, and we're here to talk about a recap of the game that never was, Michigan Stars Away.
1: Matthew, how are you doing? Uh, I'm recovering, to be quite honest.
0: It was uh, it was an early morning. Um, it was an early morning flight the next morning for us, and we may have uh, imbibed a bit at the Detroit City Tampa Bay game. Which, to be fair, while you watched that game, just like our game, you needed some liquor to make it better.
1: Yeah, that was that's two USL Championship games I've been to this year, and both have been awful. Yes, Ab- I mean like absolutely terrible, terrible soccer matches. Like there were some good players. Let's not let's not kid ourselves here. Like whatever. Uh, you do also like, as far as as far as soccer matches of like aesthetically pleasing, they were not. You also love terrible soccer. Let's be real. Yeah, it was also. I was a little. I was a little tipsy that day. It was pretty awesome.
0: It was a good time. But Matthew, let's talk about it. Zero zero. Um, first of all, let's start out with. The first of all it was the most predictable result of all time. How many? <laughs> let go over the Rod Underwood record against the Michigan Stars.
1: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, so when he was with Stumptown, uh, they played three times in 2021. All three of those were zero zero. Uh, the first three Star CFC matches of 2022 finished zero zero, which is a total of six. Total of six. Uh, and then there was the the three two win for CFC dead rubber game at the end of the regular season followed by three weeks later, three weeks, two weeks, no, two weeks later, uh, was the, the semifinal that, that stars came away with a one zero win. Uh, so
0: in, there have been six goals, total scored,
1: six goals, to- total scored three, four, three against in nine, nine games, right? No, nine no, no, games. No, yeah, no, no, eight games now. Cause no, three, six plus two then, plus one and then five. Three and then five.
0: Okay, eight games total.
1: Yeah, eight. I, and and Nagus now nine. Nine games this after this year. one,
0: so that's seven zero zeros, <laughs> one three two and one one zero. Yeah. So. It was very, very likely this was always going to be a 0-0 game. Um, Additionally, Rod told us something after the game that we had knew a little bit about being tired because we were also tired coming back from Tuscaloosa. The players and um, team arrived home about 4 a.m. from Tuscaloosa and they were at the airport slash on a plane. Um, I don't know which one, but they were traveling to the airport or already at the airport at 10 a.m.
1: Yeah, on Thursday morning.
0: On Thursday morning. So they had six hours between the time they arrived back in Chattanooga and the time they left Chattanooga. And look, this was always going to be really tough. 120 minutes with PKs, almost no subs in that game. Birmingham is the most important game we will play this season uh, until the playoffs, unless something crazy happens and we slip and we're not in line for a home playoff game. So that was a really important game. We expended a lot of mental and physical injuries injuries, well, <laughs> energies, which resulted in some injuries as well, some hopefully minor injuries. But you saw some rotation, which we'll get to in this game. But my point being is, like, I came into this game honestly hoping to win, of course, believing that we were the favorite because we're more talented than the Stars are, but also being very scared that we were going to lose this game just because of the hangover from that game.
1: Yeah, there, there's an underrated feature of of playing away to Michigan uh, as well. And like that field is like 45 yards wide. Like it's like there is no.
0: like What's wider, Keyworth or Romeo? <laughs> Keyworth by far. Don't be silly. It's, it's Romeo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it, I mean, like Keyworth like, had to be expanded a little bit to for USL Championship. Uh, it was one of the renovations they had to do to, to move up. Uh, Romeo, it's nascent. No one fucking cares. Like it, it is, I, I don't know what it is officially, but it, it can't be more than. Isn't sixty the minimum?
0: <laughs> that's why the, yeah, joke, that's say, why the joke is funny about keywords because you always say it's fifty five. Like,
1: yeah, I, I mean, like, legitimately, like, it's probably it's probably sixty on the money. Oh yeah, yeah correct. Uh, but also, it could be fifty five and no one would notice. Correct. Uh, remember that field we played on? Uh, were you there for this game? No, you may not have been there. It was twenty nineteen. It was away to Atlanta, Atlanta, SC. Before they were the Nisa, Atlanta, SC. We played at some like some high school. And the field was, like, legitimately there was not even 10 yards between the 18 and the sideline. Christian Heritage? Uh, Maybe. Was
0: this when we went down that it got rained out, like, five minutes No, in? no, no. This is
1: Atlanta SC, not Atlanta Silverbacks. This was the year. This is 2019, which is why I don't think you were there.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't remember this.
1: Uh, no, because we definitely we definitely chugged chugged uh, seltzers. One of my first seltzers in my life. This is a weird tangent. One of my first seltzers in my life was what you handed to me in my car. At Christian Heritage High School, in Dalton, I remember Georgia. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It was a great time. I was so mad that game got got rained out or uh, whatever. Whatever the right term but was. But yeah, like
1: so, like the field is incredibly small, and when you're a team that wants to put the ball on the ground, you want to you want to spread the other team out to create either space around or in the middle. If you're playing on a field that's 45 yards wide, like you just like they don't take away a player if the field gets too narrow. Like you still have to have all 22 out there, and. That makes things incredibly tough, and I think coming off of coming off of 120 minutes, this was always going to happen. This might have always happened anyway, but this was always going to happen. Um, and I don't think I mean I, I saw I saw the XG that that both now Jed and Jim Hicks have put out. Uh, Jim Hicks at the four two three Soccer Pod. If you're not familiar, uh, check them out.
0: Jed Henderson of ChattanoogaFC.com.
1: Yeah, yeah, also that too.
0: Oh, by the way, shout out to both those guys who made the trip down. Um, I don't know if either of them would call themselves Chattahooligans. I would call Jim a Chattahooligan at this point, but I don't know if he would like that title. I don't know. I'm not putting any aspersions on him, um, but I don't think Jed is is uh, would call himself a Chattahooligan. Maybe he would, and he's welcome to. But I, neither one of them are like have been like historically super embedded in the Chattahooligans. They've kind of like come around and become more and more over the time. And and the reason I say that is they made the trip with us, with the Chattahooligans. They were, they were yeah. with us in the section in Tuscaloosa uh, on a game that only people who are completely sick in the head and psychos uh, and sickos like us made that trip. So it, I was wonderfully happy to see both of them in Tuscaloosa.
1: I think you can just chalk that up to being Alabama graduates. Are they both from Al- Al- yeah,
0: Alabama graduates? They both are. Well, they're also both sickos, just like us. <laughs> uh, maybe not quite as sicko as you and I, who went to Michigan on a Saturday yeah, night.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the, so the XG... Yeah, in, tell me about in, the XG. Spoiler, they're, I mean, like I think Jim's and, and Jed's are a little different, mm. but the, the the top lines are uh, neither of theirs had at CFC reaching 1.0 on XG, which now that we've seen the game twice, once that we remembered, um, yeah, makes a ton of sense. <laughs> Uh, and then, like for on the Michigan side, I think I think Jims was a little higher, uh, but Jed's more spe- like Nagnesa specific model that he's that he's building didn't even have Michigan going past like what like point three five point. I don't know. I didn't, I like didn't that. see the I didn't see the numbers. It wasn't even a half a goal. And I think so what,
0: we, they had us basically like 0.8 to point three or something.
1: Uh, J- I think Jims was like 0.85 for us and like point six or something. I, I could pull it up in a second uh, for for them and then Jed's was like 0.665 something like that to like 0.35 or mm. whatever like the point is like there wasn't a lot in it yeah. I, either way either way you look at it and I don't think I don't think anyone I don't think it's reasonable to say based on either model of like oh like maybe they should like maybe we should have won that game or we got a little unlucky like no that's a that's a no no that's a no no game
0: yep yep um yep. all right so let's go through the lineups. Okay. As we, as we always do, and you can hear my voice is still a little jacked up from last week. Last week was a great week. A fucking great week. Uh, Jean-Antoine in gold, no surprise there. Jung-Woo So at right back. I was a little surprised about that. Colin Stripling held out after uh, 120 minutes against Birmingham. He really needed a game off. Um, that was basically what Rod said. Like, you know, Colin needed a game off. Taylor needed a game off. And who was the other change? Uh, oh, Luis got half the game off, or a little more than half the game off. Um because he, got, he only played half the game at Birmingham, and then he played 10 minutes at the end of this one. Which, with him and Beto, it's somebody who plays 10 minutes at the end of each Luis? game. Luis? Yeah, Luis got... He didn't start.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. He got nine minutes at the end of this one, but he also played 111 minutes.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He got the half the game off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, your narrative building sometimes is, is funny. I forgot,
0: I forgot. He, he said that later. You're right. Okay, but point being is, like, those three guys needed some time off, and Marcus yeah. got stepped out the in the 63rd, 63rd minute yeah. of this game. Like, we were coming in... Um, with a lot of miles on our legs, and, and that's why you, I think why you saw Jung So play, who I thought was had a very good game overall. Um, Aiden Bowers, Joseph Perez, so our backline was exactly the same as it has been, except for Jung Wusso um, coming back into the lineup, our starting right back. Central defensive midfielder, Richard Dixon at the six, no surprise there. Alex McGrath, who, to be honest, had kind of a quiet game. I think he was fine, but I think you felt the, you could just see the the thing he always has is a real spark in his legs, and he, was, he had it in the second half, but that first half... Didn't see him touching the ball a lot, and I think a lot of that is just miles on the on the yeah. legs in that week. Um, so no no uh, no shade at Alex. I just he wasn't quite the brilliant Alex that we have every almost every game. Betzel came in, had a solid game, played eighty one minutes. Then Luis came in in the eighty first. Uh, Damian Rodriguez gets to start at right wing again. He played a whole all ninety. Juan Luis also got to start at left wing, played all ninety. Those guys only played about ten minutes, a little bit like Juan Luis and um, Taylor previously. They just switched. This yeah, time. it wasn't it, up top. It was just a two winger switching. It but. was
1: probably closer to, to twenty five or thirty, but yeah, like I, I thought it was interesting, and I, and I thought they were both, I thought they were both better once they switched.
0: I thought they were both more effective after the switch.
1: Which doesn't we've seen Damien on the right a lot, uh, and we've seen Juan Louis on both sides, uh, and, and played well at times on both sides. So it was really interesting to watch to watch the the the, the switch happen. And, and yeah, I thought that, I thought they looked better when they, after they had switched and, and honestly, I don't think, and the, and the team looked, I guess, better after they switched. But I think a lot of that was just like getting like, sometimes when you're dead tired uh, and, and being a, a former, a former athlete a long time ago, like you can be dead, dead, dead tired and like need a little bit more time to get up into the speed of, of, of play. And then, you know, kind of muscle memory starts to take over a little bit. You can fight through it.
0: To be clear, these guys are much better athletes. That's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, we had Marcus at striker. Uh, Lenny Lopez coming in the 63rd minute. Um, I thought we really benefited once Lenny came in. Both size, because Marcus got kicked a lot, and also just fresh legs. Um, yeah. I think he, you know, w- did it create something super dangerous? Unfortunately not. Uh, there's, one, there's one chance which we'll, which we'll get to. But it was just nice to see off the bench some fresh legs and you really saw a difference when some guys that didn't play 120 minutes um got to get some a run at some more tired legs from Michigan towards the end of that game in Lenny in particular but also Luis uh, once he came in so yeah yeah uh, it was it, it look it was a it was a solid lineup but it was three three rotated guys which is different i think you and i put a bet uh, about i think i told you on the way up I would bet 20 bucks that there'll be no changes. <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked to see changes, because I think the right move is a couple changes, but I was just like, I don't think we'll see any. And then we saw three. So uh, a little bit of a thing there. Uh we've done gone over the <laughs> we've gone over the subs. There are no goals to go over here.
1: So uh by the way, I, I just pulled it up. Uh, Jed's numbers was 0.68 for CFC and 0.38 for Michigan Stars. So. Okay. And then uh Jim's were. As I'm uh, trying to find it. I don't know.
0: As you're trying to find it, I will just point out a couple of things. Anatoly came into this game. It's his first Michigan Stars game. And there's a funny joke that's going around in it. But it's also, there's some truth to it. We signed Anatoly not for games against Savannah, but for games against the Michigan Stars. Yeah. And that's not quite true because Anatoly is an excellent player against whoever. But in particular, having him match up with Marich, who's a problem even with anatoly around um was very nice it was interesting to see somebody bigger than marriage because uh, i don't think marriage is used to that and he got uh put on that dump truck at one point and taken around and I, i i just loved uh i loved the extra physicality we had from anatoly and i also loved um the, the fight and the grit that the defense had and basically not allowing anything. What were uh
1: Yeah, so Jim Jim's had number? .85 for the XG for CFC and then .52 for Michigan. So a little bit more pronounced there. For both.
0: Well, it's a little bit more for both teams.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I I think that's, that's just his shot matrix is just different. Like, mm-hmm. NISA shots are less likely to go in because NISA players are... Less likely to score goals compared to MLS or like or more traditional models. Area.
0: So the basically the rate the ratio either way there is almost two to one.
1: Yeah, and but th- it, we
0: didn't generate enough to to get a goal, yeah, yeah. and they, they we would have been pretty hard done by had they got a
1: goal. Correct. Uh, five shots for Michigan, nothing on target. Nine shots for CFC, only one of those ended up being on target.
0: I mean, uh, Jean didn't have a save. No. He had one ball. He came out and got. Um, Look, I, I'm I'm happy with this performance, and let's go straight into our takeaways here in a second. I'm happy with this performance. Um, after I know we've belabored this point and we both had the same point on our on our three key takeaways, <laughs> but like this was a hangover game, this was a trap game, you know, we had very tired legs and we fought through it and we took care of we took care of it, we took care of it. Jesus, Andrew. We took care of it and we didn't let them like bully us. This is a game that you could get bullied in. Yeah. By by being too tired, by being not quite as sharp, by being away, all the other things, and we didn't let we didn't get bullied. We took care of business, and did we did we win? No, but if you if you win at home and you draw on the road all season, you will win the league almost certainly. That's yeah. that goes in every league, and I was really proud that we came out and just did our thing, and we're still the better team.
1: Yeah, I, I think what I'll, what I'll add to this is. Uh, uh, I, I think the, the where you can really take away some stuff is here is, is with the defense. That's a defense that uh, aside from uh Jung replacing Colin Stripling, that had played the whole twenty hundred hundred and twenty minutes in the in the previous game. And they gave up practically nothing. How
0: does Joseph Perez have the energy yeah. to do what he does? So like the center back's also very, very impressive for to, to play all those minutes and still do it. But they don't go up and down the field like Perez. Perez is constantly eighteen to eighteen. Yeah, and he just—I mean—he is unbelievable. Yeah, his his motor is just fantastic.
1: Uh, I, I, absolutely for sure. I, I just the the quality of, of of defenders and and those guys' ability to like just keep doing the little things, keep snuffing out danger. If there is danger, be prepared for it, and then and then deal with it. On, not, we're not just talking about tired legs here. We're also t- talking about tired minds. And one of the things that really matters uh, for a CFC team is, is like keeping possession and like knowing where to move, when to move to, to keep the rhythm. And that requires a ton of brain power and decision making. And when your legs go, like when, when, when you get tired legs, tired minds follow. So, like, keeping. Like this is, this is a system that like if you make if you make a really stupid, bad pass in the wrong part of the field, it's a goal the other way. Uh, it's one of the perils. It's why a lot of teams, especially at this level, don't play a lot of possession soccer. Now that's changing. That's culturally changing in this country, and I think Rod's a big, big reason why. But it, traditionally, you haven't seen it. The, the American player, so to speak, has not been uh, considered able to play that type of system in that kind of style. And it's really good to see, uh, to see those guys who have to make so many decisions every single, every single possession, keep their heads about them, uh, and and not give away anything cheaply,
0: physically or mentally. Physically
1: or mentally, uh, and and that's and that's like maybe the biggest takeaway I have from this game, is that our our just our our ability to, to limit the opposition, even on tired legs, even in in. Uh, you know, on, on a small field where you, you have to make good decisions uh, is, is really, really good. And that's a big difference from last year's team.
0: Yeah. So let's go through uh, your number two. You said Mercruva's free kick was more absurd in person than could be conveyed on the stream. Tell me about this, Matthew.
1: So uh, it's like 79th-ish minute, somewhere in there. And I think I think a, f- a few of you uh, in, in the Chattahooligan Slack channel... Uh, I think noticed it. Uh, I'm not exactly sure because I don't remember the timestamps. Uh, but there's there's a free kick near midfield, a little bit, maybe the 40 yard line, and you briefly see it. Like the camera is on uh, Michigan defender Jacob Campbell getting ready to take a free kick. Uh, and, and Michigan put numbers forward like as they normally do for for this type of scenario. They're, they're
0: always dangerous on set pieces. And. Not the free kick part, the and, dangerous and, and, on the, and the header and, part. And
1: the, and the camera's just like watching Campbell, getting ready to take it, and then like he kinda backs off a little bit. And then like just for a brief second, you see you see the the yellow kid of McCruva like come flying across the screen, take a big kick, camera turns, and the ball's, you know, hopelessly, you know, far off into the air of of, of the Michigan night sky. Y'all the only way to to truly experience that moment was to be there in person because you could 40 see all, yard run up. You could see all this playing out. That guy is in his own box and all of a sudden like just I don't know if there was a signal, I don't know if he just like got a wild hair about him, but like he just started charging like full speed sprint Macruva.
0: Then he then he, he kind of like sets himself up with a couple like shorter a- and steps. And then like
1: yeah, so he's running and then he kind of like like darts a little bit to the left to like set up the like, to set up the full run and just it was it was a work of art. And that may have been their best chance of the night.
0: I'm going to be really clear with you here. I was fucking terrified <laughs> because if that ball goes in, the banter from him on Twitter would have been uh, absolutely insufferable. Also, like that, it would be the most Michigan stars' way to score of It'd all time—a free kick from their goalkeeper. He's going to be their best free kick, kick free kick taker, without a doubt. And I was like, it's not that it was a high percentage chance. It's just. Him coming out of nowhere and taking that free kick. If he scores that, I would have died.
1: It is something you'll never see anywhere else. And I don't just mean like
0: that, And
1: I don't just mean Nisa. I mean like only the stars are like so uh, incomprehensibly shitty that like <laughs> that such a condition exists. It's
0: awesome. It was. Amazing. Also, shout out Robert Yunkai, um, the second favorite son, who is now starting at right right wing again. Yeah, I told you it was fun. It was amazing, and I I love it so so much. I'll give you your third one before I come to mine. Important test coming up versus Savannah, and I want to come back to Savannah. So don't do the the full Savannah thing here. Um, but what kind of team are they? What kind of team are we? And you have last one before weekend off.
1: Yeah, so this is we're coming to like the the end of phase one in the season. Uh, We've had a and and arguably it's phase two because phase one is the preseason. Uh, But we've had I call it phase one. I agree. We've had a long stretch here. Uh, You know, the first games of the season, feeling things out. Uh, We were one of the few to play to play every weekend, Uh, except for the except for the the one after the Open Cup. Uh, We we skipped that one. Excuse me. Uh so like we kind we, we, we've been getting games regularly uh and then we had this little stretch here where, with a game on a Saturday, an away Open Cup game and then a away game on on Saturday afterwards in the league. We're going to play on Saturday, May 6th at home against Savannah and then we have a weekend off before going to Flower City Union. And um uh, it, it it's a good it's a good marker to kind of say this is this is phase 1 and and phase 2 we'll get to. Uh, with a little bit of a break, and and I frankly, frankly, after all these minutes, like the guys could use a break. Absolutely. Um, so, like, we'll come back. Well, I guess we'll come back to Savannah to talk about them a little bit more. Yes. But uh, in, in general speaking, this is a um, we we have an idea what's like, who's who and what Savannah are. But more interestingly and more importantly, is is what kind of team is CFC? Mm. This is now um, you know after winning the first four games of the season uh three in the league and one in the open Cup we've also now uh drawn a game and, and lost on penalties and then drawn another game so it's a big opportunity for for CFC to kind of bounce back a little bit and and get back on on the winning path just in time for uh just in time for a break here and breezy literally just got up to go find uh to go find Toby so, I guess uh, <laughs> there he is. Listen, you stall for a minute. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, we're definitely not cutting this. <laughs> of course, we never cut things. It's oh. fine. Mixy. All right. So you had you had kind of a, a similar takeaway uh, as me, I like, bet, in terms of the hangover being real. Talk about uh, the long balls uh, versus stars to create space, because we've we've mentioned a couple times uh, the the prevalence of of long balls which is different from, especially from last year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All that work to get him up here and he just pieces out. Um, he was standing over looking at me. So I think there's some difference in uh, the long balls we played against the stars and the long balls we've been playing this season. So here's the things they have in common. We are more unpredictable. We are l- or less predictable yeah. this season than we have been in past seasons. We're more balanced because we don't just play on the ground. Um, also, I think you saw against Birmingham. We chose to play long out of pragmatism and pure pragmatism. Yeah. This game had some of that. It had some of both of those things. I also think we chose to look at and maybe there was some fatigue in this too, which so we'll see kind of how we play against Savannah. But looking at how we chose to play into space and try to play over the top, we let Michigan Stars press us in the midfield. They they run kind of a mid block and they don't press the center backs but they they mark everyone else up, similar to how Flower City did things, but Michigan Stars has been doing have been doing it a lot longer. But we chose to to figure out, okay, if we're not going to be able to easily pass our way through these guys, especially being so tired, we're going to pass our way through them sometimes, but we're also going to go long um, regularly and, and probably less long than most teams would go, Yeah, but way more often than we normally go. So we played to Damien a bunch over the top, and it became dangerous a few times. We played to Juan Luis several times over the top, and it became dangerous a few times. Um and I think that that's just an interesting development. Um, and I think there's a little bit of all of the columns that I just said about. But I do think there was a, there was an opportunity here to take advantage of the Michigan Stars trying to press us in the midfield and commit numbers into the midfield to muddy the game up. And with a, an easier or luckier touch, with a, a defensive play that wasn't great, which they had some good ones to keep yeah. us from from yeah. getting through, or with maybe a Taylor Gray doing some Taylor Gray magic, one or two of those chances could have become goals.
1: Yeah, I, I thought the, I thought the long balls kind of there were there were two outcomes that I think we were looking for. Number one, we win the ball and we can move. Uh, a second outcome would be that we win the second ball. I guess there's a third outcome as well. We did
0: win, and we did both of those. things. Yes, yes. We just didn't quite get a clear cut
1: chance. But I think I think the third outcome was actually the more dangerous of any of them, and that was. That we did not win either the first or the second ball. And Michigan won, won the ball. But then a Michigan, trying to play quickly, immediately turned it over to us, and it gave us a little bit more space to work with. And yes. I thought a couple of times, it was almost like committing an intentional turnover mm. to then get on the counter press.
0: It's a, it's a little bit like in rugby, if you ever watch rugby, where they randomly, what feels randomly, it's not random, kick the ball. Instead of getting pinned in their own area, they kick the ball, and then they go restart, trying to put pressure on that team in their area, yeah, like it was very, like we the we played more long diagonals in this game than I think we played the entire season. Maybe, yeah. Last season, I'm dead serious. And I mean intentional long balls. I don't mean like a clearance. I mean, like we chose to play a lot of long balls and I'm not like saying it's the best because I think that it depends on game state. I think there was some tiredness here that we played some balls maybe we shouldn't have played if we're talking about ideal yeah. situations. Yeah. But I do think it's an interesting development. It's something to keep an eye mm-hmm. on, which is that we are unpredictable and we are not as dogmatic and we are willing to go route one at times if it's most effective because this team and Rod Underwood are at least in my eyes choosing to do whatever it takes to win or or be dangerous instead of sometimes whatever it takes to control the ball. Because yeah. we, we controlled games last year with the ball. We don't have to have the ball 80% of the time this year to control the game because we're a lot better defensively. So you can kick it long and you can press. And our press this year – I don't. We. I wouldn't say we have an excellent press, but we have a an effective press that is. I mean, we gave Birmingham trouble with it. Yeah. It's not creating tons of chances, but it is limiting their chances. And I think that what you're talking about kicking it. What I was talking about kicking it long and it was very astute from you, which is that we reset in their like corner of the field and we create some pressure there and can create turnovers. And it, on another night, like it can create some dangerous opportunities that isn't just a result of passing through them and beating them. Um, it's, through intricate tiki-taka.
1: It's also like trying to take advantage of, of like a little bit of Michigan evolution, which is like they My, do. I don't know they, if I agree with this. They do sometimes, uh, and, and it did not happen much against us, to be clear, against some other teams in, in the league, Michigan has, has shown an ability and a desire to, to like pass the ball around the back and keep it and not just go direct towards marriage. And when they reverted to a couple of those moments, they wouldn't try to do 15 pass sequences or anything. But if, if like in those kind of big turnover moments, they would try to do one or two passes and then slip a ball between lines and gaps. And it was often that ball they tried to play between lines and gaps, which they don't do very often. That was usually where either Dixon or McGrath or Perez were, in Joggin Mousseau were able to step and to cut it out and then mm-hmm. play, and oftentimes play first time uh, or, or on the second touch. Uh, like towards towards someone making a forward run and yep. we, we, and we we're creating transition moments we, and like to be clear like it didn't it didn't come off like we didn't score any goals off of it but there were there were some dangerous uh creations because once Michigan pushed some numbers forward and then they turned the ball over like that it's one of the best possible places to attack from against them against them specifically and, yes. because their defensive style requires uh number one a smaller field. And the numbers to fill those spaces.
0: Against the Michigan Stars, you are not going to create numerical um, advantages unless you go long or turn them over. Because yeah. if they have time to reset, they're going to have six players behind the ball at yeah. all times. Yeah. And so this was a way to do that, both with the press creating turnovers and playing long. And I, I like it. I like as an idea and we'll see how things go. And we don't have to play them four times this year. So we only have one more time to see them, but there's a pretty good chance we will see Michigan in the playoffs.
1: Talk about, talk about uh, handling the physicality against them and then we'll move on.
0: Yep. So my last one is we dealt with the physicality of the stars better than in previous years, not well enough. And by that, I mean, um, and this is no disrespect to to any particular player, but I'll name a couple names here. Um, Damien got fouled a lot. Beto got fouled quite a lot. Um, neither one handled it poorly, but neither one handled it super well. Marcus got kicked a lot. And and that's how it is whenever you play the stars. Um, I don't, I'm not calling those three guys out to say like they need to do better or whatever else. I, I'm just pointing out that th- that physicality for the stars worked. Yeah. They made it really, really tough for us on those moments. On the other side of it, Aiden Bowers, Prepolitza, the one that ha- John John Antoine has to come across and get, even Jung Wusso and Perez who handles physicality differently, but is really good about getting back in front of the player. Like those, the back line uh, and Richard's always handled it well, but like the, the back line really like handled the physicality better than in previous years. We did not get marriage, did not impose his will. Um, They're big players on set pieces while they had a few like danger adjacent chances, did not impose their will. And in general, we, we did handle it better. Um, and I'm happy with that. I'm,
1: I mean, I, I think that's a big takeaway,
0: but I do think we can handle it better. And I'm not calling out those guys in particular that have to handle it better. Uh, I'm just saying we could win some battles, um, some more battles potentially in a, in a like in another game with a Colin stripling on the field and a good set piece delivery. As an example, we might score a header on a set piece. Which would be crazy to do against the stars. But I would I would consider that like quote unquote handling the physicality a little better. Or if we with like the second half, once Lenny came in and you had fresh legs and someone who was a lot bit a lot bigger, you saw one of the center backs attempt to like kick him and he literally just like chicken winged like put his arm out and like, you know, blocked his elbow and just pushed the guy off of the guy was trying to push him over and he just pushed the guy off of him, came up with the ball and like kept the ball for us. And like, that's a thing that like is not Marcus's game. It's not Damien's game. It's not Taylor's game or Juan Luis's game to be clear. It, it's tr- none of,
1: truthfully, we've not had a player like that. In, at right, the Right.
0: Right. Exactly. Like,
1: except maybe like Santiago dello. But. Because he got injured, and we only ever saw him once.
0: Exactly. And so, again, I'm not taking any shots at those guys. I'm just saying we had a little bit of a different look in this game with some guys who are just bigger physical presences, whether it's our center backs or Lenny, in this case, up top. That's not me advocating for changing any lineups or anything like that. But I'm just saying we handled it a little bit differently in this game, and I was happy to see that. And I think that in, a, in future games we might see some – Um, some juggling or some changing of maybe not lineups, but situations where like just the physicality of the Michigan stars doesn't get the better of us. And we didn't see it on set pieces in this game, which was very positive.
1: I'll I'll come back and and remind you and and the listener and I guess the viewer too. uh, That's, you also got to remember like, you know, Damien, Damien had gone 60 or or whatever against, uh, against Birmingham midweek as well. And while that was not 120, that's still, you know, Damian's never the most physical player, for example, and so like he also had some some miles on his legs mm-hmm. going in, and you know, and, Mar- and Marcus especially like played 120, absolutely, and like had to do some of that hold up work, yeah, uh, already. And
0: look, he wasn't bad in this game. No, 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 no he no. didn't get any service. No, absolutely not. But his his game isn't to to get kicked in the back and be like he's just like Lenny's a different type of and, player, and
1: part of this. And 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 we've, we've we've kind of known this playing the stars over the years, but part of this comes down to how the referee wants to call the game.
0: Yeah, and the referee did not help us in this one.
1: And the the Michigan stars play in, in just such a way that it's it, it's akin to um, I use this analogy because I was in college at the time, but it, it's akin to VCU under Shaka Smart, mm. like with with their with their press, and you know they they value every single possession. Yes, they value. 10 or 12 times a possession. Mm-hmm. Almost every single 1v like every single time there's there's our player and their player and they like come together, there's any type of contact, it's almost always a foul. And that's by design. That it's designed to limit the ability of the opposing team to do anything with it.
0: And it's not just it's not it's not just like a hard foul it's just a ticky tack whatever it takes sometimes to throw they're hard you off your fouls game. but
1: sometimes it's just it's just enough so and you make
0: the referee, unless the referee you have wants you to, to
1: you have to force the referee number yeah. 1 to be willing to call it in the first place and number 2 call all of them and then number 3 to give cards when appropriate and by the way
0: it's a very smart way to play
1: like michigan has gotten a lot of cards uh over the years in 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 certain games and the the beauty about their system is you get a card, no problem. We'll just put the next player on to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that, and again, it's, it's by design. Uh, so they kind of, I mean, they, they see where the referee is. They force the referee to, to make decisions. And if the referee goes out there, I think they had like fifteen 15,000 in that game, which is kind of low for them. If the referee goes out there and gives a bunch of cards, they're number one, going to replace the players. And number two, they're going to complain for the next three weeks about how like it was such a ref show. Uh, and that's, that's just... The standard of play in lower division soccer in this country is not the highest in the world, uh, but the standard of refereeing is lower than the standard of player. Than yeah. the standard of player, and so you get some of these these imbalances, and, and referees don't really want to blow their whistle four hundred times in a game, so.
0: And this is always how they're going to play, which is why the physicality point that I made is I think we handled it well. I think we can handle it better. I'll give you a wild hair that's never going to happen, but I told you this earlier. Um, I would love to see maybe probably later in a game, probably the 60, 70, 60 or 70th minute. Um, it, let's say we're it's a tie game. I hope it's not, but playing the Stars, it's a tie game. Love to see a pairing of Lenny and Marcus as an example. Could would love fun? to see those center backs have to deal with Lenny and not be able to just kick Marcus. Um and yeah, I think it could be some fun, fun stuff. So um, anyway, we'll see what kind of happens in that next one, Matthew. We have about three and a half minutes left before our hard out uh, that we have at the end of all of these reviews. So tell me about what I should expect from Savannah.
1: I don't know what kind of Savannah we're going to get. Uh, I've watched them a couple times this year. They they try to play football. They I mean they try to keep it on the ground. They've got a, a decently big striker. Um. Uh, that they like could play up to and they occasionally will try. But overall, I think they try to keep it on the ground. The question is going to be, is does that change against us? Uh, or do they just try to like go out and play, play their kind of football and, and and see what happens? Um, they're a team that can be taken advantage of. Uh, they're a team that, that you can create a lot of one-on-one, one-on-one matchups with. And if you win those one-on-one matchups, you're going, and we've talked about this all, all season, uh, that our, this team needs to create chances from one V one play. And if we can win those matchups, we're going to number one, create uh, shot opportunities for, for both the player that wins it and for others. And, and, and like, you know, we'll be able to also create a little bit of chaos. And it, it looks like, and, and I haven't seen enough of the gold star Savannah game from the weekend, which ended five nil to gold star, Uh, I haven't seen enough to like truly have a handle on it, but in some of the clips I saw, chaos is where Savannah fell apart. And although chaos is not necessarily our brand, a shot attempt uh, that is is that is a shot attempt that is on target can create chaos if it's saved or blocked or whatever,
0: or if that ball falls to Marcus,
1: or if that ball falls falls to Marcus. So like, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities. Uh, It's going to be at home. It's going to be on a big field. The guys will have, you know, the the full week of of rest slash training.
0: Hopefully, some recovery. So th-
1: there should be some recovery. It should it should be. I would expect a more normal lineup, barring any injury issues that are going on. And it's a good opportunity to put a nice stamp
0: on the phase one of the season.
1: Yeah, on on the phase one of the season. Uh, get back to our winning ways uh, after these two draws, uh, the last two games of this w- of this week. And and like you know, really put a stamp on it. We'll be at, um, uh, what is it? Um, Gold Star, Albion, Flower City, now Michigan Stars. So we're on 10 points in four games. Uh, a win against Savannah puts us at 13 points in five games. It's a very, very good place to be. And just got to take care of business. And, and it sends a message to the rest of the league that there's, there's not going to be a hangover after stars. Like we're just going to push forward and try to stop us.
0: It's a loss and a draw in the last two. It's a draw Anyway, a draw. Everybody, thank you for thank you for joining us, Matthew. I can't wait for Saturday. It's a home game where we don't have to travel for. These last two have well, been a great time, yeah. but uh, my body is ready for some time at home. Um, thank you, listeners, for for listening, for joining us. Uh, if you haven't checked us out on YouTube by chance, we would love you to check us out on YouTube. Um, and. Yeah, you know what I haven't asked for in a long time? If you got a review on your favorite uh, podcast app that you're listening to, we'd love a review. Um, I'm not sure we've got one in about two years. We had a <laughs> bunch like right at the beginning. I'm sure we were asking for them. So if you could leave us a review on, on iTunes or, or if you're listening to this or Spotify or wherever you listen to it, we would love it. And uh, yeah, thank you. And we will see you this weekend. Peace.